0: worried writer helping you to overcome fear self-doubt and procrastination to get the work done i'm your host sarah painter and i'm a novelist and self-confessed worried writer for show notes resources and much more please head to worriedwriter.com and now on with the show Welcome to episode 18 of The Worried Writer. I'm recording this on Friday the 29th of July 2016, and it's the school holidays here in Scotland. I took time off for a family holiday in France, which was fantastic, but now I'm frantically trying to catch up. My guest today is best-selling romance author Nina Harrington. As well as publishing with Harlequin, Mills & Boone and Carina, Nina has dipped her toe in independent publishing and has a series of non-fiction books aimed at writers. We talk about writing process and tips for beating procrastination, as well as delving into the unusual way Nina got started as an author. She took the radical and not generally advisable step of chucking in her well-paid job in order to devote herself to full-time writing before she had written or sold a book. Six years and several books later, she received her first contract with Harlequin and hasn't looked back. Just a quick personal update from me today as I'm on deadline. I promised to send the finished draft of my supernatural thriller to my agent by the end of July, and I still have a couple of scenes left to write. Actually, that's a tip I'd like to pass along. I do try and treat every deadline, whether I have set it myself or been given it by somebody else, as sacred, and I try really hard not to miss them. If you're starting out and all of your deadlines are set by yourself, just think of working to them as valuable training for later on. My attitude became thoroughly ingrained back in my magazine journalism days, when the print deadline was utterly non-negotiable, and then when I left my staff job and went freelance, it was pretty easy to keep the habit, because if you're a freelancer who doesn't deliver on time, then you're just not going to get any work. It's a wee bit harder with books, as there can be genuine creative reasons which delay a writing project, despite best planning. And everything in publishing seems to take such a long time that it's easier to think a day or two late won't matter. Plus, until you're under contract, being given deadlines by editors, a lot of the deadlines are going to be set by yourself. And so you've only got yourself to be accountable to. I find that it helps that I just think of myself as a professional who doesn't miss deadlines. And that just seems to help somehow. I also remind myself that the deadlines are in place to facilitate the things that I ultimately really want, books finished and out into the world. Joanna Penn, who I interviewed in episode number 8, is a wonderful example of somebody with a great professional attitude to her writing and her business. As regular listeners will know, I'm a big fan, and take a lot of inspiration and guidance from her. So this next recommendation is not going to come as a shock. Johanna's latest nonfiction title, The Successful Author Mindset, is out now, and it's a great guide to developing good work habits and overcoming self-doubt. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Okay, I just want to say a quick thank you to the lovely Louisa Player, AJ Waynes, and Lily Graham for their support this month. And thank you to everyone for listening, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. I really appreciate it. As ever, if you have a question you'd like answered on the show, do get in touch. You can email me at sarah at worriedwriter.com or find me on Twitter at sarah R. Painter. Also, if you know someone who would like this podcast, please do spread the word. Just before we get to the interview, I want to note something. We talk about writing process and I just wanted to say that every writer is different and there is no right or wrong way to go about it. Nina is very keen on outlining and describes ways in which even intuitive writers can outline their stories, which might be really helpful, but I also wanted to say that you shouldn't worry if this approach doesn't work for you. Everybody works out their own process for writing a novel by writing their own books, and you should take the advice that helps and ignore the rest. So, now on to the interview section of the show. Published her first romance in 2009, and since then she has won awards with her fiction, been translated into 23 languages, and sold over a million books worldwide. As well as publishing with Harlequin Mills and Boon and Carina, Nina has dipped her toe in independent publishing with her thriller *Deadly Secrets* and a series of non-fiction titles aimed at writers. She also runs a website. The Prolific Author, which is packed with information and advice for writers wishing to increase their productivity and build a long-term career. Welcome to the show, Nina, and thank you so much for joining me. Lovely to be here, Sarah. Thank you so much for the invitation. Well, not at all. Um, I was hoping that you could break the ice with the audience by telling us a wee bit about your writing background. What was your journey into publishing, for example, back in 2009?
1: Well, I'd always been
0: a prolific reader.
1: Um, I could read and write before I went to junior school. I think that had a big advantage, actually. I practically lived in the public library. I was the first name terms with all the librarians by the time I was 11 years old. Um, but I went into industry and as an industrial pharmacist and university lecturer. And that involves a lot of technical writing and documentation. Mm-hmm. But at the back of it, I've always loved reading genre fiction, especially science fiction, crime and romance stories. They were my my go-to pleasure, my secret pleasure, you might like to say, in all that technical work I was doing. And I started writing about 20 years ago uh, for my own pleasure. In 2002, I took the decision to give up my high-profile business world job in pharmaceutical industry to write full-time. The day job was very demanding. I loved it. I had great people to work with, and it was extremely challenging intellectually. But I knew that if I wanted to become a published writer, I was going to have to devote serious amount of time and energy and commitment to learning the craft of being a writer, as mm-hmm. well as the business side. And to do that, I only knew one way. Um, it was to go all in mm-hmm. and give it my full time and attention. and give it my very best shot. Uh-huh. It was challenging, I have to say, because um, I was didn't have a contract. I didn't have any contacts in the publishing industry or anything like that. And I was giving up my large salary, let's be honest and secure in job and it was very challenging, risky and scary but also enormously exciting and liberating and in the end it took me six years to be offered a contract with Harlequin and that's when I really found my home for my writing uh-huh. and at the same time and along the way I discovered there was this massive worldwide community of romance authors, romance readers on the internet and in the Romance Novel Association. Um, and they were absolutely brilliant. And I found that enormous support. So, in the end, it took me to September 2008 to get my very first contract. And the first book was released, as you say, in July 2009. Mm-hmm.
0: Always the mm-hmm. bridesmaid. <laughs> <laughs> my favourite book forever. Of course. And had you written, um, was that your first book that you'd written? I mean, you said obviously it took you a few years to oh, get a no. contract. Okay. <laughs> I <laughs> was guessing that. that. <laughs> Not at all. Um,
1: Not being one for going in small, as you understand. (laughs) I'd written three massive science fiction, um, adventures, Uh space opera novels, a hundred thousand words each, of course, with a larger cast than the Bible. (laughs) No real plot line all linked together. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, but I had such, I I was totally engrossed. Mm -hmm. I was writing those books. I was totally engrossed and it proved me that I, could really enjoy this and I had the ability to put together words in more or less logical sequences and sentences uh-huh. and create something. I submitted them to a couple of agents and they said that they loved the writing, they loved the style, but at the time people weren't buying science fiction for teens. This is uh-huh. 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Things have changed a bit since then,
0: uh-huh.
1: um, but the, after that I wrote crime books and medical crimes and medical thrillers techno thrillers.
0: Okay. Uh-huh.
1: And again agent said that the the journey into getting technical thrillers and medical thrillers published was very very challenging.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: There were very few opportunities. So I went to my third passion which was romance. Because like most romance authors, I don't just read romance books.
0: No. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't like a diet just of one thing. I mm-hmm. like to have a wide variety. And um I absolutely love writing romance. I discovered that it was everything I wanted it to be and more. I think that was that interest and that um, experience I had writing other genres, which took me from a very plot driven over to a very character driven novel, Mm -hmm. which really fueled the interest in the genre as well. I made the writing in a way even more pleasurable Uh because there was characters I was dealing with as opposed to crime and science fiction are extremely plot driven, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: whereas romance writing is, of course, Completely, well, not completely, but almost completely character driven, uh-huh. especially contemporary romance. Dramatic suspense, yes, is a mixture of two. And mm-hmm. I was 50 50, 70 30. But contemporary romance, as I love to write, it was about, I you always say
0: 70 30 character. <laughs> that was a joy. That was a joy. I loved it. And so, as I mentioned in the intro, um, you're now a hybrid author. So, I was just wondering I mean, it's an increasingly popular option, of course, um, but I was wondering if you could just talk us through that decision. Yes, indeed. Um,
1: it came about basically because um, I had so many ideas for um, combining romance and crime. Uh-huh. And um, it was one of those decisions where I had opportunities for writing more contemporary romance books. But they didn't fit in with the the brand of mm-hmm. Nina Harrington, contemporary romance writer. Mm-hmm. So I wanted something out to step away slightly from the brand I'd created. As now that might sound terribly <laughs> arrogant of me, but um, I wanted something different. Mm-hmm, without mm-hmm. it, still had the character driven, but also there was a romance combined with it with a mystery plot, a thriller ah. plot. And I had such fun writing it. I researched it in the Greek Islands. It, what a what a terrible thing to do. And um, I really loved it. Also, at the same time, there was a growing awareness that the traditional publishing routes um, were not the only way uh-huh. that an author could actually find an outlet for their work. Um, I didn't want to go to an agent with this book. Um, that was one of the options, obviously, I could mm. have done. Because right at that moment, I had a full list of existing contemporary romances I'd already contracted for. Right. So I didn't want to go to an agent and say, yes, I'm going to write three or four, five full-length 90,000-word thrillers every year. I wanted to just go with one book mm-hmm. and test the water and validate the idea, as it, as it were, with my audience. And uh, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I recognised the opportunities available um, for digital
0: publishing and um, thought, yes, I'll go with it. I'll try it. Excellent. And and what do you like about being a hybrid author? Do you plan to remain hybrid or? Yes, I do. Uh-huh. I plan to remain hybrid. Um, I think it's the flexibility. Mm.
1: Um, the days when you can write one fiction book a year and generate enough sales for traditional publishing, I think, are long gone.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Unless you already have a huge fan base that will pay for a hardback printed book, the income per book will be so low, um, the sales figures will also be low. And I think business savvy authors see their future in digital publishing. To be mm-hmm. absolutely honest. I've seen it with Harlequin. I don't think there's any surprise if anyone's followed Harlequin recently mm-hmm. that the print editions of the Harlequin lines are being phased out in supermarkets and in bookstores. Right. Of certain lines, not every line by any means. There's so many different lines, as you know, in Harlequin. Uh, of certain lines are being phased out and going online because that's what readers want. Uh-huh. They want the flexibility. If you're living in the middle of, um, A town without a bookstore, and let's be honest, the number of uh, brick-and-mortar bookstores Uh is falling around the world, not increasing. The flexibility you get by going to an online bookstore is absolutely amazing.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, you go to something Mm
1: -hmm. like Amazon um, or any other Kobo iBooks, you have literally millions of books to choose from. No bookstore can possibly compete with that variety and also Uh in-depth. And the main advantage is that you have speed to market.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, if you're going to the traditional publisher, you will have a delay of at least six to 18 months to get your book in print, as you well know.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, and, that's, and that's after you signed the contract and delivered the manuscript and agreed the cover and the description and all those good things. Um, in Harlequin, you have no control over the title or the cover design. no. And the royalty rates are very low.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Online publishing platforms want you to publish on their platforms uh-huh. because that's how they make money. Yeah, So they're going to give you a very competitive rate. Um, on Amazon it's 70%, on Kobo and iTunes it's, it's 40 upwards percent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the standard royalty contract for electronic rights um, for most um, books, it seems to be up 20-25% from what I can gather on the market. For print books, it can be incredibly low,
0: 10% yeah.
1: or less The uh-huh, uh-huh. print books. So you have speed for market, you have flexibility in the in the genres you can write and how often you can write, mm-hmm. the type of books you can write. Some authors love writing novellas. I have several romance writers who love writing novellas. They see a, a linked series of novellas as being a great way of getting characters and situations um, and storylines on the page and explore them in Mm -hmm. a short format. And readers love it. It's ideally suited for the um, digital publishing. It's 15, perhaps
0: 20,000 words. You can read that in an hour, two hours. And readers absolutely love them. They seem to have had quite a resurgence in popularity with digital publishing novellas. Because for a long while, they weren't really published. Because in print, it wasn't really worth it. And then... Yeah, I've noticed that there are a lot more novellas, which is exciting. Yeah. It is very exciting. Uh-huh. And also,
1: it's across the, all the genres, Uh-huh. Uh, especially in romance. But if you've got an idea for um, a paranormal vampire um, wolf blood story, you'll never find a publisher for that in novella form. Uh-huh. Nobody will ever publish it. Whereas online, you can be creative, you can explore, you could have a new pen name. Yeah, They have multiple pen names, as many authors do. Mm-hmm. So they keep mm-hmm. the author brand as one um, main line. They're perhaps a traditional publisher. But as a hybrid publisher, then you can explore all your creative outlets and ideas on the Internet and, and online publishing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Lots of advantages. Disadvantages there, too. Mm. Um, I would have to say um, there's nothing quite like getting an advance on your royalties <laughs> from a traditional <laughs> publisher.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You don't know. You do, you can do your research, um, and, mm-hmm. and you have to learn how to do your research. You have to learn how to sell the business side of self publishing. Is there a market for what you're writing? Unless you're writing completely because you love it so much, you're not interested in making money, which is absolutely fine.
0: Uh huh.
1: And you want to get your paranormal werewolf, wolf blood out, <laughs> um, which is great. Mm. And some, and there will be a niche which loves that sort of book. Um, if you want to run it as a business, then you have to think carefully about, is that market, has that market, market got the feasibility? Is it worth my time spending a week writing this
0: uh-huh.
1: or two uh-huh. weeks writing this? And then a week creating the cover and designing, having edited, having it professionally produced, mm. formatted. You have to think about all of those things and then learn technology behind it as well. Mm. Or Pay someone else to do it. It is not free. No, absolutely. It is not free. You do have to pay for – you are taking on the responsibilities of your publisher. Mm -hmm. So the editing, the cover design, the formatting, the the copy editing, it is actually quite shocking how many books are on the internet. And you think, people –
0: software has spell checks. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, and it is very disappointing. Well, I think as soon as you're asking somebody for money – Mm. for something. As soon as you're selling a product, you're running a business and you've got a duty to uh, make sure that you have a, a professional product.
1: Absolutely. There is a world of difference between professional self-publishing yeah. and amateur self-publishing. yeah, and, the, and professional self-publishing, they take it very seriously. And do you know what? Readers are jolly smart these days. They're extremely smart. Anyone who underestimates a reader is making a huge mistake. Absolutely. i'm a reader you're a reader we love reading that's why we're writers yeah and um i love reading i i adore reading um online and in print and um i expect the same quality um as it was published by a new publisher um that's why when i um did recipe for disaster and um deadly secrets for example um i paid an editor i paid for an independent editor i paid for cover design i could have done it myself but i didn't i paid for I paid for a cover design for my fiction books because I wanted them to be at least as good as the uh, material available already on the website, um, on all the online platforms for those type of books. I think it's worth it. You have to invest in it. So, um, there are, there are negatives as well as positives. And also the time to learn these things
0: can be quite time consuming. Yeah. I was going to ask how you balance, um, that's certainly something I struggle with is balancing, even, even if you're not hybrid publishing, even yeah. if you are simply, uh writing and yes. marketing yourself because of course we all have to do that now yes um as you know gone are the days of of our publishers doing it even if we are traditionally published um there's marketing there's just the business admin side of things how, how do you balance these sort of two sides i i accept that is part of the that's part of the uh-huh. business totally accept
1: it and most days, about 40, at least 40% of my day is going to be the business and marketing promotion side. Uh-huh.
0: Um,
1: some days are completely marketing promotion. I may have to look at Facebook and do a, a Facebook. Um, I have courses and I have um, online training material and I have to do um, email marketing sequences, email list building sequences. All uh-huh. those things take time to do. Yes. Um, so that that does take a lot of time. And it's just something you have to accept. Mm-hmm. Um to be, to be fair, though, most people can't write fiction for eight hours a day. <laughs> no, no, this they is can't, true. You, mm-hmm. you can't do the creative aspects for continuously and intensely at the quality that you're happy with mm-hmm, for that mm-hmm. long every day. No. What I do do is I have to be very clear um, at the start of the day what I want to achieve with that objective. Uh-huh. So if I'm doing a promotion on, um, let's say, um, a romance book, I want to be sure what do I want this promotion to do. Right. Do I want to tell them the story? Do I want to get the characters? Don't want people to sign my email list. What do I want them to do,
0: right?
1: And that's very clear. I buy the book, and it's not always about buying the book because the last thing you want to do. I, I'm a great believer in the fact that social media is social uh-huh. media. <laughs> it's not selling media. Uh huh. I think the selling should be on your website and through your sales pages um and the on the online publisher sale pages, not through social media. Mm-hmm. I hate. I, I don't like those people who are buy a book, buy a book, buy a book. It's not only repetitive, it's actually boring.
0: uh uh-huh.
1: Because um I think I've I am i do not know about you, but I've come to the conclusion that in we're so inundated with facts and information that we have an attention bank. I call it my attention bank. And I'm sometimes I feel I'm overdrawn. <laughs> On uh, my attention bank, and I haven't got anything left. And I have to restock be, be that attention bank. So if someone wants my attention, it has to be worth my attention. Yes. Uh, and, th- and that might sound daft, but that's how I think about it. So, so if someone's sending me an email or someone's sending me a Facebook post, I have to think, okay, um, love what you're writing, but do I want to give my attention to that? So at the end of it, the, the actual promotion side, does form part of the business plan for actually i agree with you both traditional publisher books and hybrid published Mm. books and independent published books you can't expect publishers to do your marketing promotion for you beyond a certain level Uh, it's your job really to build your own fan base when i first started with harlequin one of the editors gave me some wonderful advice she said that to build um a network of um fans who love your work and she was kind enough to say that she's sure that they would like my work, mm-hmm. uh, you need at least three to four books a year. Right. When you're starting off. the People can go into the store um, or online, see your name, see the book, read the book, enjoy it and think, oh, I'll have the next one and the next one and the next one. And every book has to be even better and better and better, of course, because at that attention. You have mm-hmm. to make your work worthy of that person's, not only their money, which is in this current economic situation, it's not inconsiderable to ask. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, but also their attention. Because if you ask, you're going to invest two hours of your time with this author, it has to be worth it, does not it? Definitely.
0: You've mentioned um, earlier, uh, when, we, when you were talking about thrillers, you said something yes. about not wanting to sign a contract for say four or five thrillers a year. That's right. um, and then just then you mentioned um, the advice uh, yes. about writing three or four books a year. Yes. And both of those things have given me little palpitations because I'm a, I'm continually beating myself up about being a bit of a slow writer compared with many um, authors that I know. So are you quite a fast writer nina how many books would you say that you write a year and how does that sort of break down into your writing process um i think about word count right aha uh-huh. now harlequin romances are 50,000 words
1: that's quite short by most commercial novel standards a full length single title novel will be anything from 70 to 90,000 words so if you think about it now i'm not the fastest of writers but um I know that I'm going to overwrite every single time. That's my process. So if I'm writing a 50,000-word book, I'll probably write 70,000 words and then cut it back and then trim it back and um, edit it ruthlessly <laughs> <and> afterwards. <laughs> okay. but I want to get everything down on paper and all my ideas and everything outlined on paper. So um, you do have to be um, aware that a publisher is only going to be interested in you if you are prepared to write a certain number of words a year and deliver those words, uh-huh. um, but it doesn't have to be massive books. Fifty thousand words is not terrible. I mean, in terms of output, if you think that you read 1, words a thousand words a day,
0: uh-huh.
1: yeah, that's doable, isn't it? A mm. thousand words a day. It's four sides of eight, four sides of A4. I always think mm-hmm. four sides of A4 paper, a thousand words. If you if you've got a full time job, I know many authors have a day job, or they've got a family with children, or Perhaps look after parents um, or other loved ones. A thousand words is doable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Five thousand words a week or six thousand words a week, you can have a book a draft in ten weeks. Yeah, and the way you think, where I always think about it, if I do four four books a year, that's one every three months. huh. Yeah, so that's twelve weeks. Now, of course, you've got holidays. Of course, you've got family events. Of course, you've got children's holidays and all this good stuff. Christmas. So you build in blocks of time, and you just plan it out. Uh-huh. So let's say you give yourself 10 weeks, yeah, to write the draft and polish it. 50, words, Five thousand words, 5,000 a week. That's doable, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah? But you don't do that, of course, because you end up doing 2,000 words as you get into the story and you love it so much, and also you develop it. And then perhaps a week or two at the end to, uh-huh. to polish and revise, and you've got your manuscript And that's the way to do it, to think about it in realistic terms and be aware of the fact that I I, certainly, for me, I can't write full-time every day, all day. No. But towards the end of the novel, you can can write 5,000 words a day if you're really on, if you're really in the flow. Because you're into the book, you've got your uh character, you've got your outline, you can really go, and you can work 5,000 words a day. My writing process is very simple. Um, I had terrible problems with procrastination. Terrible, terrible problems with procrastination, and it was threatening to derail my entire writing career. Uh-huh. Especially in 2012, when I found myself with a con- two contracts for six full time novels in one year, full full size novels into in one year. Oh gosh! But it was what I wanted uh-huh. because I had a, a three book um, contract with with Harlequin for contemporary romance, and then Carina UK came along, a brand new, literally brand new, but I think they were in existence about three weeks. Mm-hmm. When I, and I submitted a romantic suspense to them, which became um, a romantic comedy, really, romantic comedy, and mm-hmm. uh, Deadly Secrets, not Deadly Secrets, Recipe for Disaster. And um, I thought, wonderful, at last I can get my suspense books out. But, of course, I already had three-book contract with them, and then I had another three-book contract with Harlequin. And I knew I could do it, but to make – to. To be able to even think about doing it, I knew I had to crush my procrastination that ended and find a way through it, how I get through my procrastination. And it took me quite a long time to actually come up with the process to beat that procrastination. And it was all about fear. Um, It really was all about fear. I I am a perfectionist um, and I always have been. And um, it's like I'm a PhD scientist. And My husband always says they had to literally grab the PhD thesis out of my hand and take it away <laughs> to stop tinkering. It with the one more page, uh-huh. and it's a bit like that with every single book. Yeah, <laughs> unless you have a deadline where you have to deliver, I would not deliver that. The books would still be on my desk right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but you have to acknowledge the fact that someone else needs to look at the book and give you feedback that you can't see, and you have to stop tinkering. Um, but to get to that point, um, I developed, um, a process which it was, it was tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my standards are very, very high. The last thing I wanted to do was produce something which was not to my standard, which I thought then would not be the standard that readers expected of me because I want readers to really enjoy the story. Uh-huh. Um, and to, to make that best possible manuscript that can possibly be as compelling and as realistic and the character as interesting as it can possibly be and that's 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 tough so I did what I always do in these situations I put my scientist head on the, the funny one with the funny white coat and the the earphones and I said right I need to find out what I can about how people deal with procrastination why, why am I procrastinating? I'm a professional person. I've been through lots of careers. I've had positions in management. Why am I procrastinating? And I realized at the end of the day that it was because it, I cared so much. Mm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I was emotionally invested in my work to the point where I cared desperately that it was as good as it could possibly be. <laughs> so what I did was and, um, I really looked very hard at my writing process. Uh and then worked out where the gaps were between what I wanted and what I was doing. And it all came down to mindset. I know that you mentioned in your one of your blog posts that you had some recent training on mindset. Uh And to me, it all came down to motivation and mindset, accepting that there's a psychology behind why we procrastinate. Mm -hmm. And it's not laziness, just the opposite. In fact, in my case, I was working 12 hours, 14 hours a day to get the words out because, simply because I, I was procrastinating so much. Uh-huh. So I put the hours in, but not getting the work out. And that was what the frustrating part was. So I was really intent on finding out the root cause and implementing a new system. And what it boiled down to, to me was that I needed to accept the fact that I had these problems with procrastination and then work systems around it and set implementation plans in place and commit to making those reality mm-hmm. in business. Um, We learned that the simplest way to go from A to B is to work out why you want, where you are now, where you want to go Mm -hmm. and what it will take to get there. Yeah. It's, it's as simple as that. And then commit to making that happen. So if I wanted to write a 50,000 word book in a month, um, I'd have to write X many words a week. And what would need to happen to make me write X many words a week? Let's say 60,000, it would actually be 60, at least 60,000, because I overwrite. Uh So I'd have to write at least 15,000, 20,000 words a week. How am I going to write that 15,000 words a week? Yeah? Mm -hmm. And then have time to revise it and polish it and make it sparkly, put the voice back in and the layering. And to do that, I went to various different seminars and various different, and researched every possible book you could think of, (laughs) and read every different blog post you could think of. And it came down to the Pomodoro system. Um, it's, I call it the magic system. And I'm going to write some training material on this in the next coming um, few weeks for authors because so many people have asked me about it. Mm-hmm. And it's the magic, the M stands for motivation and mindset. It's finding your true north. Why are you doing this? Because when things get tough and you think, well, I'll just, I'll just watch some more cat videos on YouTube. Or Facebook.
0: I don't know or what is, you mean, Nina. I don't know no, what do you mean. No.
1: Or fluffy kittens <laughs> or, or cute pets or whatever it is. Or watch <laughs> the episode of, I don't know, your favourite soap opera. Why are you doing this? I mean, I know a lot of people write to pay the school fees for their children, or to or to pay the bills, pay the rent. Why are you doing it? Why are you doing it? Why what what's it special for you? And then accept your limitations, the A's acceptance. Self-awareness, I think, is the fundamental thing which most of us are a bit scared about, actually, because it's hard knowing that you have these limitations and you're going to have to work through to get through the vision of where your unique strengths are. We all have unique strengths. I completely believe that. I've seen it many times. I was in training and I was in various aspects of community. And I I know we all have a unique strengths. What are your unique strengths and skills? What And how are, are these barriers you're putting in front of you Limiting yourself to achieving those strengths. Limiting belief. Everybody in the world has limiting beliefs. I'm can. i convinced of that. I haven't met a single author yet who has not got limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. It's a fact. It really is. Then goals. The G's, the goals. I don't like the word goal, but you could call it your end results. Mm -hmm. But it's not just the the end result as in I want to write a book in a month. It's what will writing that book achieve for me.
0: Uh Uh-huh
1: yeah yeah do i want to do I want to have the income do I want to be a best selling author do I want to be published do I want to be on the best list do' I want to be on new york Times bestseller's list what do I want do I want an agent mm. do I want a career do I want to write income then implementation um some people have to do lists I think they're useless personally without action mm-hmm. I mean you all have lists put it in your calendar. Even if it's a bit of paper stuck in front of your monitor, in front of your screen, having um, a list is fine. Put it on your calendar. Think of an experiment, like a game, and then commitment. I mean, we all have bad habits, and making a habit stick can take weeks.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And it's very frustrating when you start up doing something new, and then it can take absolutely weeks to get it implemented. And by using the magic system, I was able to break the workload down into tiny chunks. Uh-huh. Focus on my why when things got tough and then use the Pomodoro method, which is basically 30 to 60 minute slots of focus work without mm-hmm. any interruptions to focus on that little chunk. And that's what I did. and That's how I got those books written. Fantastic. <laughs> um, it was it was tough. Um, it was tough because um, when you go through the acceptance phase and you're looking at your self-awareness, you do realise that you have built up quite a few limiting scripts inside your head. Mm-hmm. I think everyone has that, um, and they're going to have to go through that. You know, No one's going to read my work. No, what I'm doing is a waste of time. Why should I give up my job? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. um, I'm never going to afford this. No one's going to buy the book. and I just spent three months writing it. That's one of the reasons why I did that course. Uh, I've got currently um, a free training course on my website. Um, called Keep Your Pants On. <laughs> you to outline a romance novel when you're an intuitive writer. Uh-huh. So many people said, I can't outline my romance. I can't line my fiction. I'm a, I'm a pantser. I just write into the mist. And uh-huh. um, I don't forget, I came from writing crime and science fiction, which is plot-based. So writing into the mist is like, really? <laughs> That's tough. That's the hardest way you can do it, to me. That's making so much work because then you have to have a this enormous draft, mm-hmm. which you're then going to have to write another version of it, starting from scratch again, pulling out the gold nuggets out of all this huge material which you've created. And that's going to take you another month to write the second draft and then probably another month to write the third draft. Whereas if you start with um, the core of your story and basically um, keep your pants on, um, if you go to my website, you know, Harrington.com, you'll find um, a free online training course.
0: Mm-hmm. I also
1: have a book and um, other material with that on Amazon. But the, the videos are there. They are free. And it takes you through the, the story mapping process using emotional story maps to kick your story off mm-hmm. with one character and with one limiting belief. And If you know your, your main character and your one limiting belief, you can actually let your imagination then, as an intuitive writer, Take you on, Mm -hmm. and so many people have come back to me and said once they realize that, it actually has been very freeing, and they have actually they have actually created the signposts which block out the rest of their story very quickly. You don't stick to the signposts. I mean, if you go into a walk, you know you may see something really interesting down the side path. You can go down there and find a dead end and come back again, but at least you've got you can see the signposts Mm -hmm. and you know where you're going in your story. That has been also very helpful as well, an outlining process which focuses on the character and the character motivation and the character scripts
0: and their problems and why they're there. If you focus on the character, I don't think you can go wrong. No, absolutely. So I'll make sure that I put a link to that in the show notes, of course. That sounds great. And yes. um, do you run other courses as well? as?
1: Mm-hmm. I do other courses. Um in fact, at the moment I'm doing a giveaway on my website for three online courses. Okay. And an ebook. And that I'm calling that the romance author starter kit. Because it's the three online courses I have on Udemy right now. And that is basically what is romance fiction. It's starting from the very beginning. How to become a romance writer? It says what the subgenres. How do you form that kernel of a story and write a romance and also short romance as well? Because that is so popular right now. One of my most popular books on Amazon right now is How to Write Short Romance Kindle Books, to, uh, because so many people find that um, the the longer Kindle books um, are not quite as popular as you said I was discussing earlier as the shorter ones. Right. The shorter ones are an easier read, uh-huh. but they're not they're not easy to write. <laughs> no, <laughs> it is tough. I've never written a short story in my life. Um, I think they're super tough. So. Or kudos to anyone who writes short stories. Um, I did write a novella for Harlequin. Um, and that was 25,000 words. Uh
0: uh-huh.
1: And I think I put just as much work into that novella as I did in the full length novel.
0: Mm.
1: And then trying to get it down and mm. compressed in 20,000 words was not an easy thing. No. Um, that's the most, one of the most popular books I have on, on okay. Kindle right now. And,
0: and that giveaway, when does that run to? Cause I'm not sure that what. Until on next Tuesday, the eight, the 13th. Okay. So this, this will be out. Um, I'm afraid that giveaway will have, be over but i'll make sure that i put links in the show notes to the courses and to nina's um to the books and in in addition to your own books of course and your own courses are there any other uh, resources that you would definitely recommend whether it's to do with uh beating procrastination or the plotting or you know writing craft stuff is there anything you've found especially helpful yes there is um
1: i i was um Delighted to read an excellent book called The War of Art by Stephen uh-huh. tresfield I think that is absolutely wonderful. Um, basically, um, it's if you ever wondered what that negative voice in the back of your head is and why it's there and what it's saying, it tells you exactly what it is and why it's there and why it's built into our, into our bodies as a self-defense mechanism. Um, without getting technical, the, it's the, it, he calls it the resistance Mm -hmm. It's a little resistance says, Oh, you don't want to do that. That's, that's, it's the amygdala at the center, top of the spinal cord. Basically, it says, don't stick your head out the cave. The Mm -hmm. saber tooth tiger will come and bite it off. Uh Don't do anything risky. If you do something um, too risky, if you have a new project, which is outside your normal brand, if you try a new writing project and you fail, you'll have pain. Uh huh. And that's that's protecting you against fail, pain, protecting you against anxiety, protecting you against stress and danger. Yes. And it will stop you and it will block you. So it's The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield.
0: Okay, I get And it's sense. a
1: super book. It's a super book. That is one of the most and uh, Also, um an excellent book by Michael Hyatt called Platform. Okay. Get noticed in a noisy world. And that was um, basically an accumulation of his blog posts, Michael uh-huh. Hyatt. And um, it's extremely useful. I did write a book, um, called Head or Heart. Will self-publishing, um, make you money or cost you money? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little out of date now because in, it was written about 2013 and things have changed
0: mm-hmm. so
1: quickly. But here's a summary of everything I learned along the way to being self-published. Um, uh-huh. what the best options are, what you want, because of course, self-publishing doesn't work for everybody. I know some historical authors um, in my local RNA chapter, and their audience um, only buy their books in hard print and from the library.
0: Yes, uh-huh. in hard
1: print, in large print,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they they would never ever look at an ebook ever. Mm-hmm. So it depends enormously on what your
0: audience is going to be and what your audience wants. And so, what's next for Nina Harrington? What what have you got in the works that you're able to talk about? Right now,
1: I'm writing nonfiction. (laughs) That's one of the reasons why I was so interested in coming on, talking to you about um, procrastination and productivity, is that um, on part of my um, email list, I ask my subscribers what topics they're most interested in hearing from about their their challenges are.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And the two winners are self-editing, which I fully agree with, and productivity and procrastination. Uh And over the years, I've done a huge amount of research on this topic is something which has fascinated me because I'm interested in brain chemistry as well as a typical nerdy scientist. <laughs> um, I love brain chemistry. Neurochemistry is, is endlessly fascinating. Why we think and do what we do mm-hmm. and the impact they have on our lives is fascinating. Um, so I'm working on some nonfiction books and courses linked on productivity mm-hmm. and procrastination. Brilliant. Yeah. And that should be out in the next few months.
0: Fantastic! And, and do you enjoy um, teaching on the courses? I'm assuming I love so, it. since you're doing I love more. it. That's I love good. It,
1: yes, I was ah. a university lecturer for a few years ah. uh, many years ago. I taught pharmacy school, and um, I really, really enjoyed it.
0: Mm-hmm. But I
1: was I was lured back into pharmaceutical industry <laughs> by an offer I couldn't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but uh, that was that was a long time ago. But mm. I do love teaching. Yeah, I think I um, I'm a typical northern person who likes to talk
0: <laughs> thank <laughs> you for your patience for listening to me gabbling on <laughs> not at all nothing wrong with that um i just want, wanted to ask you a little bit more on the procrastination yeah um, i think you've already given excellent um tips for that but i just wondered if there was anything else that you wanted to add um any of your other top tips for somebody who's really struggling with um, struggling with either getting lots of words as many words done as they would like in their 4 hours of writing time yeah. or somebody who is just avoiding avoiding that document altogether yes i, I can try <laughs> as for getting the words down
1: it really does down to chunking it down to the smallest amount smallest chunk possible uh-huh. and it could just be um t- taking yourself away for 30 30 minutes and the technique I use is um, a centering technique, which I'll talk about more in the, in the training. But basically you, you center yourself back to your why. Okay. Why am I doing this? Is this stu- are the characters in my head so wonderful and passionate and exciting and interesting that I want to share them with the world and realize my potential as a writer mm-hmm. and get those stories on paper? Or do I want to make money to pay the bills? Both are equally valid reasons for writing. There's no wrong answer. But you have to center back why you're doing this, your true, your truth, find your true north, why you're doing this, because it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. And if you've got demands on your time, especially as, as so many working um, people are these days, men and women, um, you need to focus on that mute, making that time as productive as possible. Mm-hmm. And then you work on 15 to 20 minutes of focus work. But you must find that you must identify before you start what you want to achieve in that time slot. That's why you have to chunk it down. Yes. So for the next twenty minutes, I'm going to write an outline of this scene. At the end of that twenty minutes, you put your pen down and you walk away, mm-hmm. and you can put you close the book, right, and you, and you can walk away. Give yourself five or ten minutes. You either do the rest of what you have to do, or you come back for another twenty minute session if you can,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then you write the scene. And you'll find that if you give your, your brain time to noddle on, noodle on what you've just written as the uh-huh, outline, uh-huh. your subconscious will fill in a lot of the blanks right. you had just by writing it down. And But you have to chunk it down. as There's no other way around it. If you look at this massive project in front of you, 90,000 word novel,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you'll die. <laughs> I mean, the four-act structure, I mean, I'm a story craft geek. And if you're asking about the heroic journey and the story structure of novels and movies. I can bore you for hours. But if you have the four-act structure applied to um, any novel, including any genre fiction novel, especially crime, romance, the most common genre fiction novels, you can get it down to scene-by-scene lists. Mm -hmm. You really can, if you want to. But most people, that's boring. The the, the key thing is to look at the journey, the emotional journey, and the emotional story maps of that character. If you're writing character-based fiction, it will work. If you're writing plot-based fiction, that's when you have to start getting into charts and tables and where you want the person to be and what, what wants to happen. And,
0: uh-huh.
1: um, but in romance fiction, it's the emotional story journey. If you can get that at least outlined, mm-hmm. then using story maps, then you can have a chance of chunking it down into a thousand words. And in half an hour, you can write a thousand words.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You really can. And I would suggest longhand, paper and pencil mm-hmm. or pen not on a computer
0: mm-hmm.
1: because there's something creative between um the contact between your pencil mm-hmm. <laughs> and your pad um that is just magical takes away the pad and pencil and you can dictate that a lot of writers um best selling writers use this technique where they actually write it longhand with pen or pencil on paper and then dictate it into the speech speech to text and most um, PCs and MacBooks and all the rest have automatic free software on there that lets you do that. You don't have to buy Dragon or anything. Or you can dictate into your phone. If you're walking along, you can dictate into your phone. It's an interesting option, isn't it? Uh-huh. It is. Dictation. Mm. If, you, if you're really stuck, um, just dictate nonsense into your phone
0: uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. or your Mac or anything. And um, just to finish up, I just want to make sure that everybody listening knows where to find out more about you and your books. Where's the best place for people to go? NinaHarrington.com. Lovely. That's nice it's, and easy. <laughs> it's
1: very easy. Um, I've just revamped the website and it's got everything on it. It's got the, um, the fiction side and it's also got the prolific author nonfiction side. There, there's something on there for everybody, I hope. And to help them along the way, because this has been this has been since 2002. It's, you know, it's been a long journey for me. Mm-hmm. Along the way, I've learned quite a few bits and,
0: bits and bobs. <laughs> and I'm always learning every single day. It never stops. That's lovely. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for being on the show. And um, best of luck with your next release and with your new courses. And I will definitely be checking out the productivity and mindset ones. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening today. For show notes and links, head to worriedwriter.com. If you'd like to connect, find me on Twitter at Sarah R. Painter or use the hashtag WorriedWriter. See you next time.